How's it going guys? Welcome to the pilot premiere first ever episode of Beyond the Arc, a basketball podcast where I go through each of the 30 NBA teams and pick out which player fits the topic that I've chosen to talk about on the show. Now, given we are about 20 games into the season, I've decided to go through each team and tell you who I think is having a breakout season so far. But before we get into it, if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you're liking and subscribing. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast platform, share it out because I really appreciate it and it makes me more motivated to do more than one episode of this. Oh, and all stats are correct as of the 29th of January because that's when I'm recording this. Let's get right into it. The Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Hunter. Now, Atlanta have really improved as a team this year without having to pick up a star player, and that's mainly because they've had to rely on current players from last season to improve, and DeAndre Hunter has definitely done that. He's averaging almost 18 points a game, which is up 5 from his rookie year, and he's definitely helping the Hawks become less of a one-dimensional team, relying on Trey Young for all the points. The Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown. Boston have been hit with injuries and isolations this season, so they have had to rely on Jalen Brown for a lot of their offense. And well, he's delivered to the point where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are now seen as a top three duo in the league. Jalen Brown is averaging 27.1 points per game, which is seventh in the league. He's putting his name out for contention to be an all-star starter in the East. And maybe if he carries on as it is, the Celtics can finally push past their Eastern Conference final duct and finally get into the NBA Finals. The Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant. Now, Durant has been great ever since he came into the league, but coming off of the Achilles injury that sidelined him for the whole of the 2020 season, questions were asked where he could come back and put up the numbers that he had done previously, especially with the likes of Kyrie Irving and James Harden, who were great at scoring around him. But he's still doing amazing at scoring, he's second in the league in that, scoring 30.5 points per game, also adding 7.5 rebounds and shooting 51.7% from the field. The Nets are a force to be reckoned with this season, and Kevin Durant is back to his MVP self from the 2013-14 season. The Charlotte Hornets? Gordon Hayward. So, now we're on to the person with the best agent in the NBA. I've no idea how he managed to get a $120 million four-year contract, as he was only, really, a third or fourth option for the Boston Celtics last year. He only averaged 17.5 points per game, but this year, he's definitely showing why he's worth the big bucks. He's averaging 23.6 points per game, he's leading the team in scoring, and he's helping the Charlotte Hornets at the moment occupy the eighth seed. Imagine Charlotte in the playoffs, with only Gordon Hayward as their main scoring option. Mental. The Chicago Bulls? Larry Markkinen. Now onto someone who wants the big bucks. Larry Markkinen has had his contract offer rejected in the offseason and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder as a result. He's averaging 18.5 points per game and he's thriving under coach Billy Donovan as he can finally attack the rim instead of just being a spot out shooter under Jim Boylan. And as a Chicago Bulls fan, I'm hoping that he can keep this up and send us to the playoffs. Wait, I'm not supposed to be biased. Oh, well, ah well. The Cleveland Cavs, Colin Sexton. Now, I don't really know how the Cavs have managed to complete their rebuild in such quick time. Like, LeBron James only left a couple of years ago. But Colin Sexton is definitely one of the main reasons why the Cavs are in the playoffs right now. He's averaging 25.2 points per game, carrying the Cavs on offense, and providing some great clutch performances in wins against big teams such as the Brooklyn Nets. The Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. Now, I know what you're thinking. Luka's pretty much an MVP player already. How can he break out? In fact, he's actually got a lower points per game average this season than he did in the whole of last season. So how is he breaking out? The thing is, Dallas have been awful this season. The three games away from the playoffs. And other than Doncic, no one else is really showing up. I mean, Pazingas has been a bit of a letdown. But Doncic has improved in his assisting and his rebounding. He is averaging 9.7 assists in the league, which is second out of everyone. And he's 15th in rebounding, getting 9.4 on average a game. Which isn't an easy thing to do as a guard. So 
Although, let's be honest, Doncic has been great, but if Dallas are to get into the playoffs this season, he's definitely going to need some help. The Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. Now, is it just me that thinks that other than Jokic, the Nuggets are really, really average? No? Like, I have no idea how they managed to get into the Western Conference Finals last year, and they still occupy a top 4 seed in the West this year. I have no idea why, but Michael Porter Jr. has definitely upped his game this year. After being injured throughout all of his first season in the NBA, his second season wasn't that good either. He only averaged 9.3 points per game and barely started, but this season, he's into the starting lineup and he's averaging 18.3 points per game and 7.1 rebounds per game definitely taking the burden off of Jokic. Hey, maybe if he carries on like it is, the Nuggets might somehow get into the Western Conference Finals again. The Detroit Pistons? Jeremy Grant. Well, I mean, who else is it going to be? This guy is genuinely one of the front runners to win Most Improved Player this year, which is pretty much just what this whole podcast is about. Anyhow, if it wasn't for Jeremy Grant, the Detroit Pistons would be in a worse position than they are now. And well, they're not even in that good of a position now, the second last in their conference. So, thank God for Jeremy Grant, eh? I mean, last season, he was alright, but he was coming off the bench for the Denver Nuggets. Now he's actually starting, averaging almost 24 points, 6 rebounds and almost 3 assists. For Jeremy Grant, he's definitely had to go to a worse team just to get noticed as someone who's actually good at basketball. And even though, as a team, the Pistons have been absolutely god-awful, I'm pretty sure Jeremy Grant is pretty happy with his breakout season so far. The Golden State Warriors, Stephen Curry. Now, like Kevin Durant, an injury kept Stephen Curry out for pretty much the whole of the 2020 season. I mean, he only played five games. And this season, with Clay Thompson out for injury, Kevin Durant leaving in free agency a couple of years ago, and Draymond Green way past all-star level, this was the first season in quite a while that Steph Curry would have to carry the offense in the absence of any all-star teammates. And well, he definitely has. After starting the season pretty underwhelmingly, he took things personally, as a certain Michael Jordan meme may infer. He scored 62 points against Portland, and they haven't really looked back. It seems like like the Warriors may actually finish in the playoffs this season and it's all thanks to Stephen Curry's leadership. He's averaging 27.7 points per game which is fifth in the league so he's leading the offense and the Warriors look playoff bound as a result of this. The Houston Rockets, Christian Wood. Now, I really like the Houston Rockets. I think they're a really underrated team, and that's thanks to some pickups that they managed to do during the offseason, and then during the start of this season as well. I mean, the trade for Harden, which saw Oladipo come to them, was really smart for them, and they've also managed to pick up Christian Wood from the house fire that was the Detroit Pistons during the offseason. I mean, last season he only made 12 starts, averaging 21.4 minutes per game, and only 13.1 points per game. But this season, he's definitely making a name for himself, putting his name down for most improved player, averaging 23.4 points per game, and 10.8 rebounds per game. It's easy to see that the Houston Rockets are moving past the James Harden era and hopefully Christian Wood can become the leader that they need from the forward position and send them into the playoffs despite the crowded with talent Western Conference. The Indiana Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon. Now, I'm not sure if I'm alone in this thought, but I think that the Milwaukee Bucks' organisation is pretty much useless and I mean this is one of the main reasons why. They let Malcolm Brogdon go a couple of years ago with pretty much no like fight or anything like that, and he's proven them wrong this season. He's averaging 22.8 points per game, 1.4 steals per game, 7.1 assists per game, which is 9th in the league by the way, and he's taken a lead role in the offense, averaging 7 3-point shots per game compared to last season's 4.3. With Oladipo out with an injury for the most of the season that he was there, and then after the trade with Brooklyn, Karis LeVert coming in with an injury, he has had to take a lead role in the offense, and he's done that well. He's kept Indiana in playoff contention, and they're still fourth in the East at the time of recording. The Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George. Now, is it pretty harsh to say that Paul George is breaking out? He only had one bad playoff run, but, well, 
The Clippers aren't really improving anyway. They're just a really good team anyway. Like Kawhi and Paul George are, in my opinion, the best duo in the league. Do I think that they're gonna go far in the playoffs again this year if they don't, say, like, trade for Beal or get a third option in? I don't think it'll bring them a title, but... Paul George is proving why he is a force to be reckoned with in this league. He's averaging 23.9 points per game, which is a top 20 in the league. And he's proving all of the people that said he was done in the league after the playoffs wrong by still showing that he is one of the best players in the NBA today. The Los Angeles Lakers, Dennis Schroeder. Now, Dennis Schroeder's points per game average has gone down significantly this year compared to last year. And his assists per game and rebounds per game have stayed pretty stagnant. So, I know what you're asking. How is he breaking out? But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure Dennis Schroeder will take actually starting for an NBA side, let alone an actual title contending side, than being a sixth man off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And of course his points per game is going to go down. He's playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the best scorers in their position in the league. But even so, he's still putting up pretty respectable numbers. 13.6 points per game, 4.2 assists per game, 3.7 rebounds per game. And well, like I said, I'm pretty sure he'll take starting for the NBA champions than playing second fiddle to Chris Paul for an Oklahoma City team that overachieved last season. The Memphis Grizzlies, Kyle Anderson. Now, with Jaron Jackson Jr. injured for the whole season so far, someone really had to step up in that power forward position, and in came Kyle Anderson. I mean, he's having the season of his life, starting every game so far this season, averaging almost 30 minutes per game, 12.5 points per game and 7.2 rebounds per game. And I know that doesn't sound all-star level, but compared to last season, I mean, he only averaged 5.8 points per game and 4.3 rebounds per game. And it's clear to see that he's definitely stepping up to the point where when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, he might have a hard time just lodging Anderson from the starting lineup. But if he does, Anderson's numbers off the bench will definitely help the team push towards the playoffs, something that they just missed out on last year. The Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo. After Bam didn't win most improved player last year, he's only gone and improved again. While the Miami Heat haven't really been good this season as a team, Bam Adebayo has definitely taken over from Jimmy Butler as coach Eric Spolstra's best player. He's averaging 20.1 points per game, is 16th in rebounding with 9.1 rebounds per game, and as a centre, is 28th in the league in assists per game with 5.6. But players such as Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero do need to step up if the Heat have any hope in making the playoffs this year, let alone the finals like last year. The Milwaukee Bucks? Bobby Portis. When it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, you kind of already know what to expect. I mean, they have a top duo in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton, and recently they added Drew Holiday in the offseason. But other than that, do they really have anyone else? No. To really push towards the title, Giannis and Middleton do need help from their role players. This season they added Bobby Portis from the New York Knicks, and he's added a good element of scoring and rebounded off the bench, averaging 10.9 points per game and 7.7 .7 rebounds per game. Do I think he's going to bring a ring to the Bucks? Not really. But he's helped the Bucks improve the bench. So good on you, Bobby. The Minnesota Timberwolves, Nas Reed. Just like Memphis, the rebuilding Timberwolves had an injury to one of their starting bigs this year, with Carl Anthony Towns being out indefinitely with a left wrist dislocation, and they've had to rely on second year Nas Reed to fill the void. Now, he isn't putting up all-star level numbers like Towns would, but he's not doing too bad, averaging 22.1 minutes per game and 12.1 points per game on 53.2% shooting. It seems like the Wolves may be looking towards next year's draft already, but with solid numbers from role players and a healthy starting five, playoffs may be in the distant future for the T-Wolves. The New Orleans Pelicans, Nikiel Alexander-Walker. The Pelicans aren't doing great this year either, and it's mainly down towards them not having great depth behind Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Their bench just isn't as good as other teams, let's be honest, but second year Nikiel Alexander-Walker has provided decent numbers off the bench compared to his rookie year. 
averaging 5 more points per game and almost 4 more shots taken per game. But it's looking like New Orleans won't be making the playoffs for the third straight year, even with Walker's improved numbers. The New York Knicks, Julius Randle. Right, so can we all agree that Julius Randle is one of the most underrated and underappreciated players in the league now? Like, he's constantly been performing ever since he came into the league, and now, along with RJ Barrett, he's leading the New York Knicks to a potential place in the postseason for the first time since 2013. To put that into context, RJ Barrett, his current teammate, would have been 13. He's contending to be a starter in the East All-Star selection, averaging 22.5 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, and improving his passing, averaging 6 assists per game, almost doubling his best assist average over a whole season in his whole career. If the Knicks don't make the playoffs this year, I really don't think they ever will. There's no hope for him. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Are the Thunder allergic to tanking for a draft pick? I mean, they'd rather take picks from teams around them by the looks of things. Anyway. There is no clear reason why a team this average on paper is doing half decent in the tougher conference. I mean, Al Horford's back to his not terrible ways, and Lou Dort is improving off the back of his solid run in the bubble last year, but I'm going to go with Shai Gilgis Alexander. Again, someone who is close to winning most improved player and has improved once again just like Bam Adebayo, mainly in his passing given Chris Paul's departure. He's averaging 6.5 assists per game, which is 13th in the league, and up 3 from last year's assists per game average. There is no way that Oklahoma City Thunder will get playoffs this year, but they're still exceeding expectations part for them, and Shai Gilgis Alexander is proving to be a star for the future. The Orlando Magic, Nikola Vucevic. The Magic are in a weird place right now, that in-between part where you're clearly not good enough to challenge for the title, yet good enough to occupy the 7th to 8th seed in the conference. However, with Marco Fultz out for the season, after showing signs of a potential breakout year, it seems like Orlando may be looking towards actually picking up someone decent in the draft next year. However, that hasn't stopped Nikola Vucevic from consistently putting up all-star numbers this year, scoring 23.6 points per game and upping his 3-point percentage drastically to 44.4%. However, like a few players on this list, he needs help if Orlando are to make the playoffs for the third season in a row this year. The Philadelphia 76ers, Shake Milton. Despite reports saying that Joel Embiid is the front-runner for the league's MVP this year, I generally don't think he's improved much this season. I mean, he's already a beast for the Sixers. This season may be the one where Philly make that push into the finals, and part of it is down to Embiid, but the whole side really is stepping up. Tobias Harris is putting up 20 points tonight, and it's great to finally see Seth Curry starting on a contending team, but I'm going for Shake Milton. The Sixers bench has stepped up in a big way this year, and Milton is definitely leaving opposition's reserve guards shaking in their boots. Sorry, sorry, the pun had to be made. He's putting up 14.7 points per game off the bench in 24 minutes, and starts like that may help Philadelphia conquer the East this season. The Phoenix Suns, Mikael Bridges. This season does finally look to be the year that the Phoenix Suns break their playoff duct. The last time Phoenix made the postseason, the iPhone 4 had just been released, and TikTok wasn't a global app, just a song by Kesha. Remember her? The addition of Chris Paul to finally give Devin Booker some help has given hopes of the first playoff appearance since 2010, but the rest of the Suns team have come up clutch too. Mikael Bridges was only really a bench player last year, starting less than half of the team's games and only scoring 9.1 points per game. But this year, he's averaging almost 15 points per game after starting each game for the Suns, putting them in contention for a playoff place, finally. The Portland Trailblazers, CJ McCollum. Portland are the definition of a solid team. They have been for a while, making the playoffs for seven seasons in a row, but they've never really been a threat to the big teams. Well, I mean, no one was a threat against the Warriors back then. I swear they played the West on easy mode. Anyway, Lillard was and still is seen as the franchise player with CJ McCollum being his second in command, but this year he's upped his game to the point where the Blazers have two of the best shooters in the NBA in one backcourt. He's 10th in the league in scoring, averaging 26.7 points per game. It seems like Damon CJ will bring the Portland Trailblazers to an 8th successive postseason, but can they challenge the big teams? Probably not, but they're certainly a dark horse to root for in the playoffs. 
The Sacramento Kings, Rashawn Holmes. I feel like if you put the Kings in the Eastern Conference, they'd compete quite well for the 8th seed. However, the West has proved to be too much for them recently, as the Kings hold the longest playoff drought in the league. If they don't make the playoffs this year, the drought extends to a 15th year. I mean, I don't even know how that's physically possible, but the Kings have managed it. However, they are improving, De'Aaron Fox is still young, Buddy Heald is a good scorer, and their centre Rashawn Holmes is having a solid season, keeping Hassan Whiteside out of the starting five, letting him rot on the bench, whilst he's averaging 13.8 points per game on 68% shooting, which is second in the league. So I guess he's not doing too bad. And the Kings might be on the rise because of it. The San Antonio Spurs, Keldon Johnson. Poor Greg Popovich, man. And poor San Antonio Spurs. Missing out on the playoffs for the first time in 23 years last season. Hey, maybe they should give Sacramento some tips. But the run was always going to come to an end. With LaMarcus Aldridge recently turning 35 and DeMar DeRozan turning 31, they've had to look towards youth these past few years, but the Spurs' future does look bright, with Deontay Murray looking especially promising. But Keldon Johnson has proven to take to the NBA well in only his second year, playing more games so far this season than he did the whole of the season prior, scoring 14.7 points per game and adding 7.4 rebounds per game in the process. The Spurs occupy the 9th seed at time of recording in the West, and as a result, maybe they'll be back in the playoffs sooner rather than later. The Toronto Raptors, Chris Boucher. The Raptors have been rather underwhelming so far this season, but Chris Boucher has provided great numbers off the bench, improving from last year. Whether playing at power forward or at centre, he always makes an impact, scoring 14.1 points per game in 23 minutes per game. It'll be hard for the Canadian to break into the starting five with Pascal Siakam occupying his position, but numbers like these off the bench is likely to boost the 2019 NBA champions up the standings for sure. The Utah Jazz, Mike Connolly. The Jazz have been a surprise team this year. After not making major moves in the offseason for new players, they stuck with the same call that didn't even get them past the first round in the playoffs last year. But hey, it's worked for them, and part of that is down to the range of experience in the team. Mike Connolly is in his 14th season in the NBA, and he's showing no signs of slowing down, posting improved numbers from last year, averaging 2.2 more points per game and 1.5 more assists per game, seeing them embark on a run that's propelled them up the Western Conference standings. The Jazz are a sleeper team to go all the way in the West this year, and I for one would love to see them do it. And finally, the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal. The Wizards are in free fall, and Bradley Beal needs to get the hell out of there while he still can. He put up 30.5 points per game last season, but I generally can't say that anyone else has improved because the Wizards are quite frankly terrible. Which is strange, given that the backcourt duo of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal is, on paper, one of the best duos in the league. But it's clearly not working for them, despite Beal leading the league in scoring, dropping over 35 points per game. Either the Wizards need to improve, or Beal needs to leave. And I can only see the latter happening this year, as so many contending teams could use a brilliant scorer like him to push for an NBA title. And that is it for the first episode of Beyond the Arc. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Who do you think is having a breakout year so far? Leave a comment below, and feedback is always appreciated. Thanks for listening, hope you enjoyed, and I'll talk to you in a while.